Today on Life Talks, we're going to continue our conversation on the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. We only got through two. We got through <laughs> That's two. My fault. Josh. No, this was. <laughs> you was asked a, for questions. That I did. And that was a great. <laughs> I thought it was a really good conversation and it was helpful. And I hope that you were helped by it when you listen to this. So we're, I'm going to run through some things, some other. I got seven main works. And then I'm going to talk about two do nots when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that what we need to be doing. Mm. Um, but we talked about how Jesus predicted and said it was better for him to leave so that the Holy Spirit would come. I always found it interesting when it's a, there's a very, there's a very um, profound line in the, in the introduction to the book of Acts that many times we gloss over or, or we just throw away and we don't really think about it. But Luke says, you know, in my former book, Theophilus, I, I wrote to you all that Jesus began to do and teach. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus ascends in chapter one. He's gone. So what is the continued work of Jesus? It's the work of this. I mean, G- yeah. the Holy Spirit is the main character in the book of Acts, okay? Yeah. It's not, well, the first half is about Peter and the second half is about Paul. No, no, no. It's the main character is the Holy Spirit and it's the Holy Spirit working through all these different people, yeah. okay? But to me, that line that Jesus began to do what the Holy Spirit's, that's why Jesus is saying, it's better if I leave, because what the Holy Spirit's doing is he's literally multiplying the work of Jesus inside of us. Oh, that's interesting. And so the whole idea is we are now followers of disciples of Jesus that should be able to live out and talk and live and act like Jesus. So now it is, it's not one Jesus walking around. It should be millions of Jesuses walking around. Yeah. And that's what spirit, the spirit is after. So all of these works that the spirit is doing, he's doing so that we will model and that we will display who Je- represent who Jesus is, okay? So um, we talked about assurance last time, and we thought, talked about the teaching and the illumination of the Spirit. Um, so the next work of the Spirit is comfort. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says that the Spirit comforts us in our weakness, that when um, Paul used the illustration, when he despaired of, of life itself, I, and again, man, that must have been really bad. And I think that there are people that can identify with that that brutal honesty that Paul says, I wanted to die, but, but in that moment, the spirit of God comforted him in a way. I think we can identify with that kind of feeling. So the work of God's comfort in us through the spirit, when we're hurting, when we're suffering is an amazing work. And, and, you know, you always hear people talk about this. I had this piece come over me. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, Josh, I've had conversations with people who have lost loved ones in tragedy and they will just say, I'm not saying it was easy. It right. was difficult, right. but there was something like I sensed, I felt God's presence with me during this difficult time. Yeah. I, I can't bottle that, but there's a realness to that, okay? Um, the other thing that the Spirit does, he brings unity. Uh, Ephesians chapter four, verses one through six, talk about this idea of the Spirit bringing unity to the to the people of God, to the church. And so um, that's one of his jobs is to help people to come together under the lordship of Jesus. So whenever you see disunity, you see people that are not aligned with the Holy Spirit. Um, the other thing that the Holy Spirit does is he brings power to our lives. Ephesians 3 verse 16 talk about that the Spirit of God is working in us this power to, to walk in holiness and righteousness. And so 
The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is working inside of us, Ephesians chapter one. So knowing that the spirit of power, the spirit, the Holy Spirit brings this power, the supernatural power in our lives, that we would not be able to do what we're supposed to do apart from the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, the, the, the next one, freedom, 2 Corinthians chapter three, verse 17, where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. So we, we have this freedom from sin, this freedom from condemnation, this freedom to live out righteousness that we want to, but freedom is an incredible benefit that we have uh, with our mind, our heart, our bodies, and our souls. Um, the, the next one is the work of sanctification. This is a big one, okay? Mm. Um, for example, you have Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, which is the fruit of the Spirit. This is when the Spirit of God gets control of our life, He's going to work to sanctify us. That word sanctify is basically, uh, it's where we get the word holy. It's the verb form of holy, that there's a work of holiness the Spirit of God's going to do to, to work to form us into Jesus' image. So love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control are all things that are going to be, if you're living them out, it's a result of the Spirit of God inside of you. Like it's, it's, the spirit doing that. It's not you producing that on your own, okay? The next work of the spirit is filling. Now that's Ephesians 5.18. What's interesting about the work of filling is that it's in contrast to this verse. The first part of the verse is, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Now, there is some theological debate on that because there's no definite article before the, the Greek word pneuma. So, hey, you're going to have to explain this a little bit more. Okay, so whenever, not every time, pneuma is the Greek word for spirit. Okay. But not every time you see the word spirit does it mean Holy Spirit. Okay. There's a lot of times it says, the, as a definite article, the spirit. Mm -hmm. Many times there's the, there's the descriptor, the Holy Spirit, okay? Yeah. Um, but there are a couple times when the there's a missing definite article that that is up for debate that some people think, well, does it mean Holy Spirit or does it just mean spirit, like our own spirit? Right. Okay. Um, and and I would say that 90% of theologians, when it comes to interpreting Ephesians 5.18, would say, no, that means the Holy Spirit. But there's a few. I had a, I had a Greek professor in, in seminary that held him. Mean, he wrote a paper one time, submitted to a theological group that was all about this was just the human spirit. But I'm not going to debate it. The whole point is... The idea of being drunk means that, and, we, and it's interesting that what do we call, sometimes alcohol are called spirits. Yeah. Did you notice that? That's true. Yeah. Why is that? Where does that come from? I don't know where it comes from, but I think it's the whole idea is when, when someone has alcohol in them, they usually act differently. Yeah. So they will either act super aggressive or they'll act happy. Like right. I had a, my, my mom's dad, my grandfather, he was an alcoholic and from everything, I never met him because he died before I was born. But from everything that I hear from my aunt and my mom is that when he would drink, he would get really happy, very jovial. He was a happy drunk. Gotcha. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not minimizing that. There was still a lot of pain and horrible things sure. that alcoholism brought on. But still different. It was not. He was not typically like that. Right. Okay. My mom's dad was an angry drunk. Okay. So, you know, angry, aggressive, happy. You just never, but the point is there was another spirit controlling that person. Yeah. So what Paul is saying is who's controlling you? The work mm -hmm. of the filling of the spirit means that 
the spirit of God has complete control over your life, that he's the one calling the shots. He's the one that's saying, you know, there's that text in Galatians chapter five, where it says, keep in step with the spirit, walk in the spirit. There's this idea that I'm going to be so in tune with the spirit of God in my life that step by step, I'm going to be in marching orders with him, Hmm. which means there's not this, what I love about the New Testament, what I love about Jesus is he the, he blows the Ten Commandments out of the water and says, oh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not like don't lust or it's not don't commit adultery. Right. It's so much bigger than that. Right. What he does is expands and deepens what it really means to follow God. That it's not a list of rules to abide by. And that, that's what I think the Spirit of God does with the filling is he helps us know what how to navigate life where there's like, well, I wish there was a Bible verse for that. Sometimes there's not a Bible verse for that. Sometimes there's just the Holy Spirit that says, this would be the wise thing to do. Or you're free to do that, but it would be better if you did this, okay? So I think that is what what Paul is talking about is it's so much better when we have the Holy Spirit controlling us and leading us and filling us, that's the term, so that we're not the ones that are calling the shots. It's the Spirit of God. I mean, there have been times when I have wanted to respond in anger, and it will literally be like the Holy Spirit, like pumping the, you know, slamming on the brakes <laughs> saying, don't say that. Yeah. Don't do that. I've don't heard, respond yeah. in that way. And it's like, what is that? That's the Spirit of God. Yeah. Okay. Um, another work of the Spirit is that he prays for us. It says this in Romans mm-hmm. 8, verse 26 through 27, that there is this work of the Spirit that with with gro- gro- with groanings with utterances that cannot be heard. So this idea that even when we are praying, the Spirit of God is in some ways supernaturally interceding for us that I think this is how it goes. This is just my own yeah. interpretation. I believe it's like when we pray, God, I pray that you would help me get into this school. God, the Spirit of God's like, okay. Here's what he really needs. He really needs to learn patience and he needs, you know what I mean? Like dedication. <laughs> yeah. Like work really so hard. So this is what, so father, here's what he really needs. So this is what, you know, he's, when he's praying he's for like this. He's the translator. He's, he's the translator. Wow. He's, he's the translator and he's the, he's the redirector for us to be like, no, this is what he really needs right See, now. That's fascinating because I play that role when I pray. <laughs> I like spend you take, you get so ahead. much time translating you for God. Have the Holy Spirit. You're like, no, I think I can. No, but I think that there's a. I do think there is something about that that as I've as I learn, I pray about things. Yeah, and maybe you've experienced this as well. I'll be praying for something, and God will somehow in the in the longevity of this of this request. He'll start changing my prayers. Hmm. I'll start asking for something different. I'll mm-hmm. start asking for something um, that that's nuanced. It's it's not the same thing. And and I don't think that's necessarily like, oh, I've got revelation. I think it's just the spirit of God working in us that all of a sudden we're, we start praying the things that God would pray. We start praying the things the Spirit wants us to pray. But we don't. We do know that there is a work of the Spirit that he intercedes for us with the father to help us to become who we are supposed to be. And that is a awesome thing to think about. So um, assurance teaches, illuminates, comforts, unifies, empowers, freedom, sanctification, filling, praise. All right. Nine 
nine works of the spirit that, and again, there, there's probably a few more that I'm not getting into, but you could probably be subcategories, but yeah. these are the things that yeah. you never, you and I will never go a day where the spirit of God is not doing something in our, in our lives in one of these nine categories. And I think that should give us incredible comfort and incredible um, encouragement Yeah, that we're not alone. Sometimes I think when I was young in my faith, it was all about, man, it's all up to you. It's all up to you to figure out how to follow Jesus. It's all up to you to, to make your life right. You got it. You, 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 you. And it was all about me as opposed to, no, there's a partnership going on here. Yeah. And yeah. I need to walk in step with the spirit because he's the one that's going to help me do it anyways. So, okay. So any questions? Oh, yeah. I saw you typing over so there. Many questions. So more questions <laughs> than you got time for this episode, but we'll start here. So comfort. This is right up your alley. This is okay. this is a topic close to your heart, Ben. Why are there depressed Christians mm. if the Holy Spirit is supposed to be comforting? So I thought real quickly about um, you know the famous story of the man who wrote it as well, mm. the song it as well, who famously like his wife and kids died on a on a ship thing, yeah, like his yeah. whole family's gone, yeah, yeah. and he writes it as well. Yeah. So like did. That guy gets some kind of special supernatural help that all these other depressed Christians are not getting? Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the misunderstandings of the Spirit is sometimes when we want the Spirit to work, sometimes the way we envision the Spirit working in us is like he zaps us. Yeah. It's kind of like, God, yeah. I'm, I'm so sad. We're looking for that I'm genie so, lightning. Yeah. It's like there's this lightning bolt from heaven that yeah. zaps us, and all of a sudden it's like this... Boom. Yeah. And all of a sudden I don't feel anything at all. I think it's it's de now, can the Holy Spirit give someone the the power to have feelings that are not typical? I believe it's possible. I believe it looks a little bit different than that. Typically, what I think happens is in those moments where there is sadness and there is grief mm -hmm. and there is darkness, I think what the spirit of God does is that he learn. we learn how to hold on to that. We don't want to ignore it because we need to be honest about what our, where our grief is, is coming from. Yeah. But we also need to hold on to something else. Like there's something, there's something bigger than just the grief I hold. There is a, I, none of us really want to hear in the middle of our, of our grief God's going to use this for a purpose. Yeah, like don't, we don't ever don't. don't don't ever do that. But I do I do believe that there's this I understanding of no matter what I go through you're there with me. I'm not alone. Hmm. Because what I've learned is that a lot of people can get through a lot of bad things if they know they're not alone in yeah. going through it. Yeah. And so the paraclete, the helper, the the idea that, okay, you you may be despairing of death, Paul, yeah. but, and he wasn't, I don't think all of a sudden he's just started like dancing around, but there is that moment, like there's this process that it says in Psalm 30, you have turned my mourning into dancing. Yeah, That sometimes mm. takes time. And that is a process. Don't think that the work of the Spirit is there to to hyper speed up things that that many times we again, what's God's most important? What is the role of the Spirit to conform us into Jesus? And if He's trying to teach you something, it's He's not looking for the He's a 
the Holy Spirit works in crockpot time. Mm-hmm. He's a crockpot guy. He's, he's, not a micro, he's not a microwave guy. Microwave. We want a microwave guy. We want a microwave God. And he's a crockpot God. He's like, huh. you are going, I'm going to slow cook this in you because I want you to want me more than you want the emotion, more than huh. you want the outcome. Hmm. I'm more important. And it's through the process of the learning how to walk with both. How do I walk in grief, but also walk in comfort? How do I walk in sadness, but also walk in joy? And that sounds counterintuitive. Like you can't have both. Oh, you can't, you can. You can be really sad about something, but yet still know that there is, there's a joy. There, there are parts yeah. of my life that have joy. Yeah. And I'm going yeah. to learn, I've got to learn how to hold both of them at the same time yeah. to know that not one of them defines me. Yeah. And so I think that's the, that's how I would answer that. Yeah, that's really good. All right, moving on to fruit to the spirit. Okay. So you basically specifically said that if you're living them out, yeah. that's the Holy Spirit. You're not producing that on your own. Yeah. So what about all the non-religious people who demonstrate more love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control than a lot of Christians that I know? Okay. What I would say is at the root of them, mm-hmm. um, they are doing it out of a sense of betterment for self. I do not, it doesn't mean that non-believers cannot exhibit some level of joy or mm-hmm. peace, mm-hmm. Okay. Or goodness, mm-hmm. but what it does mean is at the root of that is not worship of Yahweh. Yes, it is not a act of I'm doing this as self-sacrificing, doing this for Jesus, doing this for worship. Do it, and so the Spirit of God is about not just the external act of those things, but the internal motivation. Because one of the things about the internal motivation mm-hmm. is to one of the things that non-believers it's just true is most of the, if they're doing what's right, what it usually leads to is pride. What it usually leads to is I look, you know, down on you who do, doesn't do this. And Christ, people who are Christians can do the same thing. Right. But what that just means is they're not doing it in the spirit either. Right. Okay. So if you're living by the spirit and you're producing the works of the spirit, the last thing you're ever going to have is more pride because yeah. what you're going to look at and be like, oh, that's not me. Right. <laughs> you're actually going to be more humble. And you're going to be more grateful and you're going to be more compassionate. And you're going, it's going to give you a deeper sense of awe and worship when these things show up. All right. One more that we, we, that we probably okay. have time for. Okay. Um, the Holy Spirit. So, uh, uh, maybe I'll just say this. I, I had an observation or a thought and okay. maybe just I'll present it as like a, a, a weird angle on this and then tell me if you agree or if I got something theologically screwed up in this analogy. Okay. Um, I have been watching a lot of police body cam videos lately. This oh, no. didn't used to be a thing. <laughs> you, I got, you got sucked into I you. totally have gotten sucked into this. I There's probably a lot of psychological reasons yeah. for why. Let's just say I've been watching a lot of sovereign citizens and a lot of interesting yeah. kinds of people yeah. that didn't really know existed. Yeah. And one of the things that I've noticed is people, uh, I've seen a lot of, I don't know, like 300 DUI investigations in the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> and so... I've noticed there are really different kinds of people here. You've got people who are buzzed and like they probably shouldn't be driving, but there is 
this total category difference with certain people who have had so much to drink that they are no longer acting like themselves. They yeah, might yeah. not be very aware yeah, of what's going yeah. on. They are way more aggressive than they should be. They're like breaking all these laws. And, yeah. and so I wonder, like when, when you talked about how the Holy Spirit wants to be in charge. Yeah. It wants to be calling the shots. I yeah. wonder, like, is that why Christians are often kind of told, okay, don't get drunk. A lot of us are maybe okay with like a little bit of wine, a little yeah. bit of buzz. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just a different thing. But the Holy Spirit wants to be in charge of your actions. So yes. don't get so, is yes. that what's going on? hundred percent. I think okay. when, when you, anything, any substance, when it, when all of a sudden anything inside of you is more a reflection of who you are, mm -hmm. that's not a good thing. Hmm. So you've got to make sure that the Holy Spirit is in control at, at all times yeah. of your of your body. Yeah. Because why why? Because again, he indwells in us. The we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so whenever we put anything in us where there's something else that's calling the shots, and that could be any addiction. It could be, it could be pornography, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, anything that is um calling the shots of our lives saying, no, do this. Okay, mm -hmm. that is something that the Spirit of God is going to confront. Yeah, and it's not going to be the same thing for 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 some. It could be addiction to sports. It could be addiction to shopping. Mm. It could be it's eating. There's certain things that are Christians not. Christians are supposed to talk are not, about those. Are not. I mean, there's things that are not bad in and of themselves. Right. But they become things that all of a sudden drive everything that we do. Yeah. And that that's when it becomes the Holy Spirit's like, I'm not in charge of this anymore. Yeah. You are, and it's leading to outcomes in your life that are not good. Yeah, it, it makes me think of this really wise thing that Aristotle said. Was, as soon as I say that, I'm, it sounds like I'm virtue signaling or something. Like I'm not trying to, but like-, like Oh, we know known. you, Josh. You're always quoting Aristotle yeah, in those moments. He's, he's known <laughs> for like his, like his big, one of his big concepts is that is that virtue is found in the mean and the average. That, mm. that like you're trying to find what is the most virtuous version of courage and all mm. of these things. Like that's mm. what virtue ethics is. And so like, it seems like whether or not he got that from God or not, I don't, I don't know his background. <laughs> Or all that. I just know some of the things that yeah, he said. Yeah. But like, I, I wonder if there's like, he was observing this kind of natural, like this is the way that God kind of made yes. everything yes. work. I think that there's a lot of things that Plato and Aristotle talked about that, I, I read this really interesting book called From From Athens to Jerusalem. I can't remember Ooh, who wrote it. But it was all about, the, it was all about the history of philosophy yeah. from biblical times through Athens, huh. okay? And the author made this point that that the that Plato and Socrates uh, and, and Aristotle got the closest you can possibly get to discovering truth through general revelation than any human beings. Oh, I love that. And I, I just never thought of that before yeah. because there's a lot of things that. Yeah. Um, what's the What's the book that I wrote or that I read um, a few years ago? But it's a it shows shows it basically follows Aristotelian thought and Platonic thought throughout Western civilization, how there's been kind of ebbs and flows yep. of their philosophy. Yep. But it helps you see that a lot of the philosophies that they taught really paved the way for Christianity in mm -hmm. Greek and Roman society and culture. That, oh. that, that, that there was actually a preparing the way from those guys that, that the gospel That's spoke so to because... Of course, it is going to hit the 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 Jewish populace because they had the understanding of the, of the New Testament. But there was something even Paul at Mars Hill was able to point to something these philosophers and it connected with them. 
So, anyway, I had never even we, made the connection that we, they were before God. Like, we, <laughs> not before God, Jesus. before Jesus, before Jesus. Like, we, that's so interesting. Yeah, okay, so, you stop. All right, so we, we kind of that maybe that's a <laughs> that's an episode later yeah. that we talk about. Okay. Well, hey, this was another episode in the Holy Spirit. I did not plan on spending this many episodes on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I know. But I want you to leave with this sense of you are not alone, that the Spirit of God's working in you, and He's always working. There's something He's doing right now in your life that I hope you're aware of and that you're learning to be sensitive to Him. And so um, I hope that you'll do that today. Um, look at these passages I share with you, read them, pray over them, and ask God the Spirit of God to work in you the work He wants to do in you. Thank you again for joining us on Life Talks, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.